There was no way. I could not, I couldn't even start to live for the Lord, even have a call on my life. Just to live for, just to be saved. I was like, God, I, I can't even, I don't, th- I don't think I can be saved. I don't think I can do it. But Jesus saved me. He filled me with the Holy Spirit. And He called me. And I'm telling you, it's for all of us. Girl, you hear me? It's for all of us. It ain't just for Pastor Tony or Pastor Ted. It's for you too. You can be seated this morning. Man, I could, I don't know. Lord have mercy. I'm just going to... Give me that Bible right there. <laughs> she looked at me this morning like, who do you think you are? I don't know about y'all, but I've been praying. I tried to, I, I have a real, and I'm going to just be real with you, Okay. I like TV. Anybody here don't like TV? Anybody here don't like TV? Good, I didn't see no hands. I feel good now. Well, I don't feel good, but I, I'm, I love TV. We, we, we record. I don't, I, a lot of stuff we don't watch live. Most of the time I record. I like stuff like uh, the... Uh, Forged in the fire. Anybody here watch Forged in the Fire? I am. I'm a Forged in the Fire fanatic. I love. I love. I love to watch these people compete. And but and I keep telling my wife. I said I got to find out how to learn how to do this. I don't just don't know if my arm could handle that. <laughs> I might have to borrow one from you, Tegan. But when I was getting ready to. To preach, minister this word this morning. I said, Lord, help me. Lord, you know what? I'm going to lay aside that. I'm going to say, you know what? There's more important things in this world than TV. You know, the Bible talks about crucifying the flesh. And it's not necessarily, I want you to understand, when, when the Bible talks about, when the Bible talks about crucifying the flesh, it don't necessarily mean us watching TV or things you enjoy doing. When, it, when the Bible talks about crucifying the flesh, you know what it's talking about? It's, it's talking about you trying to get to heaven in your own power. Under your own, that's right. You can't do it. Just like I was saying this morning, you ha- this, is, this is a God thing. This ain't no man thing. Thank you very much. This is a God thing. He knew you. He knew you. He looked through the portals of time before, the, before heaven and earth was ever created. And he saw you. He saw me. And, he, and listen, not only did he see us, but he saw the need. Regina, he saw the need. Because he knew when he seen us that we were going to need a Savior. He knew there's no way, just like I was saying, there's no way you can do this in yourself. 
We're just human. And humans will be human. You have a flesh. You have fleshly desires that he put in you. But see, he wants wants us to submit to him and allow him to help us through this walk. We just got to be patient. Man, that looks funny. Oh, well. I want to, uh, first, first thing before I get started, I want to say thanks to the pastor for allowing me the opportunity to be able to bring you the message. He could have probably picked any, I, there was, there's probably people that would have loved to come and preach, I'm telling you. Because this is a, this church, I'm, I believe this church is the greatest church in Mississippi. I believe that. And I believe there's people that, that would love the opportunity to come and minister the word to you. And I'm thankful to the pastor that he allowed me the opportunity. I'm thankful for the Lord for allowing me the opportunity. I'm thankful for the word this morning that I feel like that he's given me for you. This morning, if you have your Bibles... I'd like for you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verse 18. I don't have a lot of word notes. Y'all know that's dangerous. Right? Let me start first by telling you something this morning. I love you. Good. (sighs) I said this morning that God has called me. And sometimes I feel like God gives me a word that sometimes is not so easy. Sometimes it can be downright difficult. Because I'm telling you. Sometimes you, sometimes I'm telling you, I'm praying. And I start, I, I start saying, Lord, you've got to give me what you want these people to hear. Because I know I could come up here and there's lots of things I could say. You know, I've studied messages and, and messages and and I could I could do a lot I could I could do I could probably get up here and say a lot but it wouldn't mean anything it wouldn't mean it wouldn't amount to a hill of beans brother David if it's not backed if it's not anointed by God it don't mean nothing and then I could get up here anoint with the anointing and not say the right things. Because listen, I'm, I'm a human being. Just like I... And I can do and say what I please. He's not going to go beyond my will. My heart this morning is to minister to you a word from the Lord. Not from Ted. Not from 
a book, but from the Word of God. This morning, they already got me over there. My, the name of my message is The Cross Made a Difference. And a, we used to sing a song when I was in years ago. It was called The Cross Makes the Difference. I can't remember how all the words go, but I remember the song, The Cross Makes the Difference. But I want to talk to you this morning. The cross does make a difference, but the cross made a difference. You see, over 2,000 years ago, the cross made a difference. It made the difference. He said he died once for all. That means he died one time on the cross for everybody. Past, present, and future. That means he don't have to do it again. I'm telling you, that means he's not going to do it again. That means the next time he comes, he's coming in a cloud of glory. He's going to come back riding on a white horse. He's going to come back riding with the saints. I'm telling to you to receive the church. He's going to come back King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And listen, there will, every knee, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. The people, that, the people that hung him on the cross, the people that stood there and watched him die, will watch him come back. And they will, I'm telling you, Jeremy, they'll see the exact same person. They will see the exact same person when they see him. It won't be hid from them. They will, they will see him. And I'm telling you, every knee will bow. I'm getting excited this morning. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 says, this is where my message comes from. It says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That means the word of God to a, to a carnal-minded person makes no sense. It's foolishness. It, it, you, you can tell them all day long what the Word says, but they're going to reject it. Unless the Holy Spirit draws them. Jesus came and He died over 2,000 years ago. We just need to quit listening to what the enemy's been trying to tell us. We need to grab hold to the Word of God. And what God has said about us. He said we're victorious. He said we're overcomers. He said that we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We are children of the Most High God. And a lot of times I find myself, do I really live? Am I really living my life? Am I really living a victorious life? Am I really living like I'm an overcomer? Am I really living like I'm a child of the Most High God? We muddle through. We, 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 we feel like, sometimes I feel like I'm in water waist deep. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? You try to run. Sometimes I think that's how we as Christians go through this life. We just muddle our way through. We just try to press through. Listen, God, God ain't called us to press through. God hasn't called us to go through this life feeling like we're being dragged down. God has called us to, to go through this life victorious. He has called us to go through this life as overcomers. Because listen, the I'm finna get ahead of myself. The world is looking for something. And if they don't see it in you, who's going to show it to them? If they don't see it in us, who's going to show it to them? We've got a responsibility. we got a call in the God. I mean, and, and listen, I'm not just talking to the ones who might be leading the class. I'm, t- I'm talking to the young people. God don't, God don't just save you for nothing. God don't just save you so you can go to heaven. God has called you for a purpose and for a reason and for a person. God has called us to this world. You weren't born for nothing. You wasn't just, you just wasn't no mishap. You was no accident. And I don't care what anybody tries to tell you, you was no accident. You might have been your mama's accident, but you was not God's accident. God has a purpose. And God's got a plan. And listen, you can do what you want. You can do, but I'm going to tell you. You want to talk about living miserable. Try to do it in yourself. Try to walk this life on your own. Nathan, you're going to be miserable, right? You'll be miserable. You, we, we can, I, I'm, I'm, telling, I'm here to tell you this morning. I feel this. I feel this in my spirit. God doesn't do anything halfway. He is a God of completion. His word says in Philippians 1 and 6, being convinced of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the, le- until the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. If we will keep our faith anchored in Christ and what he did for us on the cross, the Holy Spirit can work through you, in you and through you, to accomplish just what he has called you to do. But listen, we're saved through faith. Not by anything you do. You can't, you can't earn it. We don't deserve it. He made, sure, he made sure that if you go to heaven, listen, you ain't going to get there going, look what I did. You ain't going to get to heaven going, look what I did. We're going to run in through the gates, throwing ourselves down at his feet going, thank you, God. We're going to, we're going to, because listen, because it won't be any doing of our own, I'm telling you. It's going to be completely Him and what He did for us. So, there's three things this morning. You can go back to the next screen. Our message, the, the verse. So, there's three, three ways this morning that I want to talk to you just a second about how the cross has made a difference in my life. If you're saved this morning, we can say our lives. 
And if you're here this morning and you haven't been saved, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, hopefully through the preaching of this Word and the drawing of the Holy Spirit, you'll have the opportunity. Amen? Amen. Hopefully you'll have that opportunity to make the decision this morning. The first thing this morning that we're going to look at is my sins are gone. Romans 3 and 23 says what? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that you don't, there's, there's nothing that we can, we all are born sinners. We all make mistakes. We, we all fail God. There's no way around it. You're a human being. If you were supernatural or something like that, we might dismiss you because you might not need to hear this part of it. But listen, the Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Because we receive the gift of God, it's eternal life. That means your sins are gone. That means your sins have been washed away. And, you know, a lot of times people try to preach this word that once you get saved, guess what? That's it. You don't have to worry about nothing, but I'm telling you that's not true. If you're listening to that, you're listening to a perverted gospel. You're worshiping another Jesus. Because the, you don't just get saved and think you're going to heaven. See, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. When, when you fall in love with God and you start seeking God's voice and you start putting, hiding his word in your heart. I'm trying to skip to my last point and I don't want to be there right now. When you start hiding the Word of God in your heart, it's going to change the way you look at things. It's going to change the way you do things. It's going to change the way you act. If you truly get saved, the Word of God will change you. I think too many... I won't get over here because I wrote some stuff down. Here's what I wrote down. I was praying, it's like the, it just started coming. It says, I don't think that sin, I don't think that sin is as serious to us as it is to God. You look around, you listen to the world. See, see, see the church is patty-caking with sin. They don't want to call it sin. Oh, oh. I have my hang-ups. Oh, I made a mistake. They don't want to call it what it is. They, there was, there's this, I, I, I was listening to this, I'm, I, I like talk radio when I'm driving. And I was listening to this guy and he was talking about how they had said that alcoholism, there was a, there was a gene, and, and not just alcoholism, but they was talking about homosexuality. They was talking about, they were talking about some big stuff, because, you know, we start talking about lies, and uh, you just got to hang up. 
But they said there's a gene in the brain, around the brain, that causes this person to have these problems. So they did this, they, they apparently, they said, let's, let's do some, let's do some studying. Let's do some, let's do some work. So they took a gene, took that gene out that they said this guy's problem was, took that gene out and replaced it with another gene. <laughs> Within just a month or so, that gene was just as sick as the one they took out. See, the problem is sin. It ain't got nothing to do with your genes. I wear Levi's. I'm kidding. You know what I mean. Listen, it's something you're born with, all right. It's a sin nature. And even after you get saved, the Bible says... Paul discussed this a lot because he said, there are things I want to do right. I know what's right. And I want to do what's right. But I find myself right here doing just what I know is wrong. See, and and here's the point. When you try to do it in yourself, guess what? When you try to do this on your own, guess what? You can't. You're going to find... God, he, uh, like I told you, he didn't look down through time and he saw the need. Because he knew. He knew, Christy, we couldn't do this. I don't care how good we think we are sometimes. I don't care, you know, if... if, if, if I don't care what you... I don't care what kind of good thing you might do. Because I'm telling you, when you, when you give something to somebody or you do something good for somebody this feeling comes inside of you you know what I'm talking about I know when I do something nice for somebody it just makes me feel good and I'm telling you you can't take that for salvation because just because you did something good for somebody don't mean don't make you good but see God puts that in us Because he put a natural instinct in us to help one another. To be helpful. And and to to know and to understand that that's, that's what he wants us to do. I'm forgetting how this works right now. We downplay sin. We say, oh, I have a fault. It's a shortcoming. It's hang-ups, problems, mistakes, slip-ups. I'm just dysfunctional. Y'all ever heard that, right? I come from a dysfunctional family. Well, I'm here to tell you that we all are dysfunctional. But we all have a sin nature. And we can call it what we want to, but when we stand before God... The Bible says that sin don't enter heaven. That'll make you think. 
We simply don't like to use the word sin. But listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 29 and 30. It says, if your right eye causes you to sin, oh, pluck it out. Anybody here want to pluck your eye out? says, if your right arm causes you to sin, cut it off. It would be better for your body to enter heaven with one arm than to go to hell with both. Help me, Jesus. Here's something else. If you don't think, let me move up here. If you don't think there's a hell, you need to read the word. I didn't come this morning to preach to you on hell. But I'm telling you, if you have problems with thinking there's a hell, you need to read the Word. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you and open the Word of God. We say, you know, we, and, and, and this is going to be off of the subject just a second, but, you know, we, we talk about raising kids. A lot of people here, you've raised kids, and we say, the, the, here's, what, here's what we say. We say, kids don't come with the manual. Baloney. I've said it. I've, I've, I've said it. Go through the struggles of life, raising kids, raising, raising children, and we go, they don't come with a manual. Walmart won't take them back. But they come with the manual. See, we that's right. Everything we face has a manual. Every problem you face, every sickness, every disease has a manual. We just, we men... We think we don't need instructions. <laughs> I'm like, just show me a picture. Any pictures in that? We've got a manual, I'm telling you. We got the Bible. We have the Word of God. And listen to me. There, the, the, it says that the Word of God is like a two-edged sword. It cuts going and it cuts coming. And it will, if you ask God, if you ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to it, it will open your eyes. God, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Listen, if you've got a question, you don't have to ask me. If you've got a problem, you don't have to ask the pastor. All you've got to do is ask God. That's the problem. You know, we think man can help us. We think men have got the answer. I'm telling you, psychology don't got no dog in this race. They think they do. But listen, our, the, the, the answers you seek are in God and His Word.
I'm going to say that one more time. The answers you seek are in the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you if you trust Him. The problem is, is we, we, we want, you know what? We want quick, easy answers. We want answers that We just want it easy. I know. I understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. I've, I've faced things in my life, and I'm going, God. But you, you, you know what the problem is? It's 90% of the time, I'm wanting God to answer my problem. Take care of my problem the way I want him to. God, I need this, and this is how I need it right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow too late. We think God is some puppet on a string that just going to do what we want Him to do when we want Him to do it. And God don't work like that. We got to seek Him. We got to... Listen, we... He says that if you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you seek Him and He will give it to you. He said if we abide in Him... And His Word abides in us that anything you ask. And it goes along with His will. He will do it. Listen, it is not His desire to hold anything good from us. He wants to give us the desires of our heart more than we want it. We, 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 we think God, we, we think God don't want us to have good stuff. We, we think God don't want us to be healthy and wealthy, prosperity. Listen, I'm not, I'm not here preaching on to you about, preaching to you about prosperity this morning. But listen, there is prosperity in God. You might leave this earth penniless, but you'll be rich. But I was looking at this scripture. It says in Luke 23 and 34. The Bible says when he was hanging on the cross, one of the first things he said, you know what he said? He looked down at him. He looked down at the people that had hung him there. The people that just a few days before was singing Hosanna to the king, now they was hollering crucify him. And he said... Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And I'm going to tell you this morning that he wasn't just praying that over them. He was praying that over us. Amen? Number two, moving right along. First one was my sins are gone. Number two is I'm made new. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if... Anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things. I said, behold, old things have passed away and all things made new. Listen, you can't, we don't give our heart to Christ and hang out with the same old people we hung out with. 
Go to the same old places we used to go to. Do the same old things you used to do and expect a different result because we got saved. It ain't going to happen. We got to put forth a little bit of effort. I don't know about y'all, but if, if you had a job, and they, they hire you for the job, and they say, okay, you're going to start out, and you're going to make $15 an hour. And in 90 days, you prove yourself, we're going to give you a raise. You ain't going to go to the job and sit down for 90 days. You, may, you might wait till after the raise. But you ain't going to go in for 90 days and sit down and say, I'm not going to be unproductive. I'm not going to do nothing. Because why? You want that raise. I know I started at 15. But in 90 days, I'm going to be 1525. <laughs> Y'all get raises like I get raises, don't you? I, I know it's 15, but 25 cents is a lot of money. You start dividing it by hours, multiplying it anyway. Don't divide it. Multiply it. <laughs> That's the way they do it at my job. They divide it. <laughs> Listen, we don't do things. You don't give, you don't, we don't get saved and think we can do things the same old way. Number one is when Jesus saves you, He saves you in your sin, but He ain't going to leave you in your sin. And if you think you can be saved and stay in your sin, you're wrong. It ain't happening. God ain't going to allow it. We was... Wednesday night, Link, we was, Hannah was talking about how, or just, it was just a touch on the children of Israel came out of Egypt. And how many days, Hannah, should they have been there? Three days. Three days marked. We going to the Canaan land. We going to the promised land. Who brought the food? Man, what'd you do with the water? Who's going to change the baby's diaper? They started complaining. And here they go. They didn't realize their straight ahead trek just veered off to the right real hard. How, how long? 40 years. Listen, we go 40 years. Wow, that's a long time. (laughs) Listen, God's got time. God's got plenty of it. And He'll let you walk through the wilderness. He He will allow you to walk through the wilderness just as long as you'll make that trip. And that's the, you know, I think that's the problem with folks. They like the wilderness. People like the wilderness. Misery loves company. And if you'll, if you'll get in line behind them, they'll just keep dragging you right along. Let's go. 
I don't know about y'all. I don't want any more wilderness experiences. I've been in this too long. I've been, I've been doing this too long to, to be going through some kind of wilderness experience. Listen, I'm not telling you that problems don't come. See, the, the, the wilderness experience should have lasted three days. And they drug it out. See, the only way for, te- for faith to grow, the only way to have strong faith is have your faith tested. And listen, God didn't save us for us to stay little babies sucking on the bottle. You got to grow up. You got to, listen, who's going to take my place? If the Lord tarries, I'm not going to be here forever. Who's going to take Brother Jerry's place back there? When, Jerry, when, when, when Brother Jerry says, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I've come to the end of my road with doing this. Who's going to take his place? We've got to raise up leaders. And we've got to understand that, listen, God has called us to this. God has called us to this. It's up to us whether our, we keep our hineys on the seat or we get up and get busy. Amen? I hope this ain't too hard for you. Matthew 16, 6. Matthew 16 and 24 says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We have to turn away from our old lifestyle. We got to get away from that stuff. Listen, sometimes, a lot of times, there, and I've used this, I've used this example more than once, I know. And it might be old to you, and if it is, just bear with me. There's probably somebody here maybe that had never heard it before. But I remember when I first got saved. And I remember being on a job. And it was like the Holy Spirit spoke into me and said, This is not for you anymore. I had a good job. I had good pay. I had good benefits. I had good insurance. I'm going, Lord, uh, what am I going to tell my wife? But every day, it got more, and it got more, and it got more. He said, this place is not for you. I finally woke up one morning. I went to work. I said, Lord, if I'm supposed to quit this job, I need some confirmation. I said, there's a promotion for that job right over there. 
and I'm supposed to be in line for it. I said, but if I'm not supposed to stay here, I want you, Lord, to give that job to him. Not him, but this is what I did. We can use him over there if you want me to. I said, give that job to him. And let the big boss come down here and tell me why. And I told him what to tell me. Two days. He gets promoted and the big boss comes and he tells me, this is why we're doing this. I reached in my back pocket and I pulled out my two-week notice and I gave it to him. Took one home, gave it to my wife. She's like, what? You quit your job? And I'm not telling you that to bring, because, listen, I should have left the day he said it. But we, we, we hold on because we know we're going, Lord, this can't be you. The, the Lord has spoke to me so many times, and I go, Lord, this can't be you. Because this is out of my comfort zone. And it was him all the time. And if, if, if Ted would have done exactly what he was told to do, when he was told to do it, things would have turned out different. But see, I've walked through some wilderness too. I've, been, I've walked through some dry places too where I'm going, Lord, I wish you'd speak to me. I, I, I wasn't feeling God speak to me. But it wasn't the fact that he didn't want to. It was the fact that when I do, you don't listen. I was going to tell you this here, but, well, I was going to skip it, and I said, no, I'm going to say it. This, I just stuck this in here as kind of just something funny for you. When the, when the Russian comedian, anybody remember, no, anybody been to Branson? There's a Russian comedian. His name is Yakov Shmirnov. You know who I'm talking about? Funny. This guy was funny. But anyway, it says, when, when Russian comedian Yakov Shmirnov <laughs> migrated to the United States, he said that the thing he loved most about America was grocery stores. He ain't been to Kroger. He said, I'll never forget walking down the aisle. He said, I seen powdered milk. He said, you just add water and you got milk. He said, right next to it was powdered orange juice. Just add water and you got orange juice. He said, and looked right over there and there was baby powder. I thought to myself, what a wonderful country. <laughs> I don't even know why I put that in there. Maybe that was one of those break the tense, break the tension up a little bit. 
But don't you wish, don't, don't you wish that change was that easy? God could save us and just add water. Instant Christian. Everything goes, all your problems disappear, and we just good. Wouldn't it, I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish that's the way it could be. But life don't work like that. It doesn't happen like that. But I am here to tell you that life and life abundantly has been provided for us. Jesus gave himself on the cross. God the Father gave his only begotten son that we could have life and have it more abundantly. It's not about money. It's not about good jobs, cars, houses. Abundant life is not about stuff. Abundant life is about relationship with Jesus Christ. Abundant life is about family, friends, about the people we associate with on a daily basis. Right now, some of them are saved. Some of them aren't. But see, if we seek God, God will open those opportunities up to us if we just ask Him. If we're serious with God, He'll make, uh, he, listen, and it might be just in the smallest, minute way that He opens that door. But if we seek God, He'll give us those opportunities to witness to, to the lost. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 says that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Jesus never held an office, and he never led an army. But what he did changed the world forever. And I'll tell you this morning... That we can change. The, if, if, if Christ, if Jesus, is, if what Jesus did, change, if he can change the world like that, the world, he can change you. He can change me. Listen, all we got to do is put our faith in him and trust what he says. Do what he says. Don't lean on our own understanding. The word says don't lean on our own understanding because if you try to lean on what you understand, guess what? You're going to fail. Number three, last but not least, changes the way I look at others. The last, this is the last thing that we're going to discuss about how the cross made a difference in my life. It changed the way I look at others. Luke 10, 27 says, He answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your strength and all your mind. And your neighbor is yourself. We want to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, with all our whatever we got. 
But a lot of times we don't want to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And the Bible says if you don't love your neighbor, the love of the Father's not in you. You can't you, it's, you know what's you know what's what's wild about this scripture. Is to do one, you got to do the other. Vice versa. You ever thought about that? To do one, you got to do the other, and vice versa. Because if you love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind, and you don't love your neighbor, guess what? You you don't you don't love the Lord. Like you say you do. You got to love your neighbor to love the Lord. He said, if, how can we love him who we have not seen? But we don't love the ones we look at every day. You can't. We cannot love God and not love our neighbors. If you love the Lord, you're going to love your neighbor. And let me tell you, to me, this is the... He, 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 he said more than a mouthful. Because if people love the Lord... And we loved our neighbors. This world would be a different place. Completely. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For the love of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love his brother does not... He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. We should have this confidence in our life today. That God has forgiven our sin. If you're saved this morning, your sins are gone. I heard this thing that they... This was just a little story somebody told. And and I kind of like sharing stories. There was this guy, this business guy, and he got transferred to this town. And he, was, he lived right down the road from the office, and he walked to work, right? On his way to work one day, he passed this lady, and she was talking to herself. Anybody here do that other than me? <laughs> Good deal. We had to get together to sometime discuss what you talk about. She was talking to herself and he happened to be one of the co-workers said, she's crazy. The guy was going to church. He started this church, going to this church. And 
he told, he told the pastor of the church about this lady. pastor said, really? He said, I'd like to meet her. So he said, well, she hangs out down here on this road. The pastor goes down there, and he's seen her. He, and he just, he, he said, he just struck up a conversation with her and started talking to her. He said, he said, and the, the, the word was that somebody said that her biggest thing was she said she talked to Jesus. So that was why the pastor, I didn't got the whole story confused anyway, but that's why the pastor wanted to go talk to her because the guy told her, told him, said, she said she talks to Jesus. So he, he goes down there and he meets the lady. He says, he says, he started, just struck up a conversation with him. She said, he said, they say you talk to Jesus. She said, oh, yeah, me and Jesus, we, we talk for hours. Really? He said, well, he said, do me a favor. He said, next time, next time you talk to Jesus. He said, just ask him what the first sin I ever committed was. Next time he seen her, he said, did, did you happen to talk to Jesus? She said, oh, yeah, 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 I did. He said, so what did he tell you my first sin was? He said, she said, he said he don't remember. If you don't get anything this morning out of this message, I serve a God that forgives sin. But I serve a God that won't let you stay in sin. I don't care what the world says about you. I know what the Bible says about you. I know what God's word says about us. And we're more than conquerors. And if we live according to God's word, we are going to be a light. Not just any light. We're going to be the light of Christ. Here's something else I want us to think about. If we didn't do anything to to earn God's love, then that means that we don't need to fear ever losing it either. Like the accuser constantly would like us to believe. He wants you to believe that God would quit loving you, but I guarantee you, God's not going to stop loving you. Jesus knows everything about us. He knows our past, He knows our present, and He knows our future. And yet, He still loves us. The fact alone is more than enough reason for His grace to be called amazing. That's why there's complete rest in God's love. He don't act, he don't have, we don't have to act like we're somebody else or pretend like we're somebody else to make God love us. All we got to do is be ourselves. Don't try to be somebody you're not. God loves you. Listen, He created you. He made you. He knows who you are. He knows every hair on our head. 
Just that in itself is more than... Just knowing that is, is like... If he knows how... If, if he knows how many hair is on your head and knows when one falls out, how much more does he care about who... About us. You don't have to change yourself before you come to know him. A lot of times that's what people want to do. They think, well, you know, I got to get... If I, I've heard people say, well, if I come to church, the roof might fall in. <laughs> Listen, nothing that people... No, you can never do anything that will stop God from loving us. There are a lot of people in this world... In fact, there are millions of people who have never experienced God's love. But what they don't know is, is even though they've, ne- they've never enjoyed it, He still loves them. There are people, do you realize there are people that you and I, millions of people that don't know God's love. And the only way that they will ever maybe come in contact with God's love is through you. The cross should make a difference in the way we look at others. The cross should make us say, you know what? Who am I that Christ would love me? And who am I that I would come to church Sunday after Sunday, month after month, and hear God's word and keep it hid from others? I believe it's a clarion call to the church this morning. I'm going to tell you something. And I'm going to say something that you already know. Jesus is coming soon. There's a scripture, there's, there's a story in the Bible about Jesus when he was 12. And his parents lost him. They didn't lose him. He just didn't follow along. With the crowd. When they found him, he was in the tabernacle. You know what he was doing? He was preaching. Twelve years old. Listen, age don't matter. Age don't matter. God can use a five-year-old a whole lot quicker than he can use a 25-year-old. Because most 25-year-olds already know it. Stand with me this morning.